Let me tell you how it will be We'll all catch up on the books you'll see Cause it's the X-Men Yeah, it's the X-Men Hello everybody and welcome to episode 170 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is going to be a Spotlight X-Men catch-up episode where I'm going to be talking about New Mutants number 2 and X-Force number 2. Before we go on to that, let me tell you where you can find us around the internet. You can go over to Twitter and find us at WS Marvel Comics. You follow us, we'll follow you back. And then we can talk all sorts of comics, movies, whatever you want. Whatever you want to talk about, we'll talk about. We also have a website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com, where you can go and read, especially starting this week, reviews on all the new comics that are coming out. Now, Marvel is going to be releasing a bunch of comics this week, digital only, for some of the series that aren't selling so well. And then as we get to June and into June, the print and digital will be back, and we'll have reviews for all of those, again, at WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. We also have a Patreon account where you can go and help us out, you know, support us for this podcast, the all the other Marvel podcasts that we have each week, also the DC podcast we have, if you listen to that as well, but also get a ton of new and other shows, exclusive shows, in return a lot of Marvel things. One of the big things is the Marvel Comics Patreon only spotlight that comes out every Wednesday night. And this past week, me and Brandon talked Star Wars number one from 2015. That's the Jason Aaron Star Wars and X-Men number 12 from 1965, which was the introduction of Juggernaut and also a little bit of a history of Xavier. So that was pretty cool, but we're going to get into the X-Books right now, and we're going to start with New Mutants. And New Mutants, the first issue, I ended up liking enough, but it was one of those that I said it was a little bit out of my grasp. I don't really know a lot of the characters on the team, and I am not real familiar with just the New Mutants in general. So I ended up reading it and liking it enough. Now, this issue... It kind of continues that trend. I still don't know the characters great, but you end up having Jonathan Hickman, who wrote it, is slowing things down a little, even though you're in space and, and you're having kind of a fun little, you know, wacky bit of comedy going on here. You don't have a lot of action going on, but it does allow me to learn about the characters. Specifically, Sunspot is the one who is the character that is being focused on the most, especially in this issue. And I do like him. I do like that we end up seeing Cannonball. I do like the whole concept of space lawyers and going to space court, things like that. I think it's a lot of fun. By the end, you have some big things happening. You end up having gladiators show up. You end up having a lot of things with the Shire Empire and all that. Again, that's a little bit out of my grasp, but I don't mind the way that Jonathan Hickman is easing me into it. By the end, I do like it enough, and actually I'm looking forward to the next issue, and that's what it's all about, right? And again, that issue is New Mutants number 2. It is written by Jonathan Hickman, art by Rod Rice, 
and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. And you start off the issue with a little bit of recap, some new information involved in the recap as well from Sunspot, who tells us that he has kind of finagled the new mutants to go into space using the Star Jammers as an Uber to get to find his buddy, Sam, Sam Guthrie Cannonball. And the reason why he needs to save Sam is because Sam is married and has a kid. I mean, the the horrors of that. But for Roberto, that would be a horror and thinks that because of that, that must mean that Sam is probably way out of shape, miserable and a wreck. Well, we'll see that that's not the case. But Roberto also says that before he left, he ended up getting all of his lawyers, his tons of lawyers to sign on the dotted line and see what's going on in case, you know, they don't get back or they don't get back in time, all that stuff. So he says, I'm a businessman. I do that. He also ended up hiring a space lawyer who looks like an iguana. But we'll get to that as well because they ended up getting arrested. As we know, they ended up getting caught in Shire Space stealing things. So they got arrested and Roberto is pissed off. And he's pissed off because the thread count of the jumpsuits that they're put in is not good, according to him. Also, he looks terrible in the jumpsuit. He hasn't been able to shower. They all look terrible. But while they are in jail... And they're kind of using their mutant abilities to screw around with people as well, which kind of made me laugh. But you end up having Roberto needing them to go to trial. We need to get a trial. You need to. He's talking to a space lawyer. I need a trial and you need to get us off of this nonsense. And so we can get out and find my buddy. Uh, but that's not exactly happening. It may take longer. Who knows what's going to go on? Roberto starts to really get pissed off, pull some strings, do whatever it takes. And. You know, Iguana Space Lawyer does do that. And they end up in Shire Court with the Shire Judge, who basically says, in, in my kind of way to shorthand all of this, they're not Shire people, Gildy. That's all it is. You know, what? You're not from Shire Space and you think that you have yet? Nope, Gildy. And they get thrown in jail for life. They end up getting a life sentence. Roberto ends up whispering to Iguana Space Lawyer, you ain't getting paid. And he's so mad. But yeah, the lifetime sentence, though, doesn't last so long. And they're also being given into the custody of, who just arrived, (laughs) Sam Cannonball and his wife, Izzy Smasher. And they're all excited to see Sam. They all run over to him. Oh, man, you know, great to see you. Oh, my, how'd you find out that we were here? And you end up having Sam tell just a lie. He's punking him. Says, oh, well, remember there was one time you were sleeping and I put little trackers and all of you behind your right ears and they're all checking. He's like, I'm just joking. Roberto Space Lawyer called. So that's the whole deal. And you do have Sam and his wife, Izzy Smasher. And you get it right away. He's like, yep, he woke up the baby. And you get a bunch of things with the babies being watched by a babysitter they don't really trust. Things that you know Roberto hates hearing. This isn't what he wants to hear. The worst, though, is Roberto's upset. He's pissed. Everybody else is happy. You end up having Sam, hey, who wants to get out of here? And they're all excited. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. And you end up having Sam, what's up with Sourpuss over here? You know, what's up with, you know, Miserable Man? And the reason why you end up having Sunspot so upset 
at all of this is because Sam looks great. He's not having problems. He isn't a mess. He doesn't have a dad bod. And to Roberto, that is nonsense. You're not around me. You end up going into space, become a dad, all of that, and you look great. How dare you? I mean, really, how dare you? And Sam's like, well, eating right, living right. But you, boy, you look terrible. (laughs) And he's like, space pirates and prison food. And what are you wearing? That jumper. Oh, my God. But then he's like, anybody want to knock, you know, this frown upside down for Roberto? You end up having Izzy allow me, dear, and just punches the crap out of Roberto right in the face. Just smashes him in the face. She is smasher. Ends up what Roberto thinks broke his nose, which then Sam's like, it looks like that's happened a bunch of times. Don't worry about that. But they just pick him up. Let's go. Sam says, oh, you got the blood on the jumper. That doesn't come out easy. But then they hug, say they missed each other, and they get going. And you even have the other new, like, I wanted to punch Roberto, too. Like, get in the back of the line, lady. But, yeah, as they get on to the ship, they're going to go back to the throne world of Chandelar, uh, where their baby is being babysat, where they live. And they get a message before they go through the Stargate. That is from, it's from Gladiator, who basically in the Magister, Gladiator, who says, yeah, you know, I know that you're supposed to be out kicking butt and taking names, all that stuff. But luckily you're not because you're in a good position right here. I need you to kind of turn around, take a Louie, and I'm going to give you some coordinates. We have a very, very special thing that you have to do. And he says, you do that with immediate vigor. And do not fail, do not falter, it's for the Empire, go do it. And like, okay, so you end up having the new mutants, they're just sitting around. They're traveling through space, everybody's sitting around. They, most of them are playing this card game that nobody knows how to play. But it's a fun moment to see them having fun cheating against each other, trying to convince each other that each of them knows how to play a game that nobody knows how to play. But the solid gold stuff in this issue is between Sam and Roberto and then Izzy when she gets involved as well. And, yeah, they're they're talking about, yeah, have Sam being filled in by Roberto about Krakoa, how great it is, how you're going to love it. You end up having this island and a language that everybody it translates or everybody. He's just going through all of this going on when Izzy comes in and says, hey, uh. I got good news and bad news. I'm like, okay, well, what's the good news? Well, I got you pardoned. You're officially pardoned for all your crimes. That's done and done. She says, I work fast. I work hard. Done and done. Like, all right. Well, what's, what's the, you know, the bad news here? Oh, well, the bad news is now you're part of the Shire army and we're on a mission and we're going somewhere right now. And that's, it's good. I I like the idea that this book is different by keeping them in space, that it is so different from the other books. There's a lot of X books right now. I don't know if you realize this and you need some to feel different. And this immediately feels different because you're, you're out in space. So I do like that. Well, we go off the Chandelar, the Shire throne world, and this is where I'm not necessarily familiar with all the characters I have done some research to see some things. Some things look really cool, but I'm going to need a little more through the story as well to make me really care, even though by the end of this, I do care enough to 
want to go on and see what's going on because basically what you're going to have is Gladiator stepping down as Magister and and putting Sandra in as the leader of the Shire Empire. But she's young. and But he says, we need you to do this. I got to do some stuff. I'm out and about. We need you to fill this role. This is the role that you're eventually going to fill anyway. It, it might be a little earlier than we thought, but we're going to end up you know, catching you up because while you may not be that familiar with the ways of the imperial court and the idea of, you know, the tasks of ruling and things like that, we can get you an advisor. And that's what we're having the super guardian. That's what we're having Smasher go and get. And that is your aunt Deathbird. And you end up having the new mutants show up to get Deathbird and bring her back to Chandelage so that she can, you know, show Sandra the ways of the rule and the ways of the Imperial Court, things like that. And again, that deals with things she has a big connection with Apocalypse. You end up all this stuff that's pretty cool. But one of the things in the book, though, is that when you end up having Roberto see like, hey, Sam, what? Uh, I think I'm in love. She's just sitting there on this throne looking badass. It's pretty good. But then you end up even with the narration. As she's just sitting there, you end up having Gladiator's narration. Soon, Deathbird will return to ready you to rule. Who else but the most savage, duplicitous, and truly violent person would be the best for such a political task? And yeah, she was war in the Horseman for Apocalypse. So... That is crazy stuff. It's a crazy, a little bit of a cliffhanger, and and it does have me excited. And I'm getting more on board with this book as I am falling in love with Roberto and Sam being in there. I love all these things that I didn't know I would love so much. So it's a really good issue. I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10 overall. I'm not usually a Rod Rice fan. I'll tell you, he has a more of a... It's like a watercolor style that he has. I'm more into the more detailed look of a book, but it fits this issue especially. And it's one of the best issues that I have read that Rod Rice has done art for. I have not liked it in the past, but I'm liking it now. So I am happy about that. But I'm going to move on now to the next book and that next book is x-force number two written by benjamin percy art by joshua casera colors by dean white and letters by vcs joe caramanga and this was a book that the first issue had pretty much the biggest moment in all of the x books so far charles xavier was shot and killed and we start off with magneto trying to process that bit of information while he's hovering above the dead body of Charles with all of the other mutants on Krakoa gathered around as well. And basically, Magneto says, Charles, this was your plan. This is your island, your future. And so it will remain as long as you return to us. And it really sets up a deal, especially when he starts talking to Jean Grey about the idea that there is a ticking time bomb here. People are going to find out about this. There's going to be people outside the island find out, well, if Xavier's not alive and in control, well, I don't want any parts of their plan, those mutants anymore. Also, the mutants on the island 
uh, they're not going to have Charles as the thing to keep the unity, to keep them together. We have seen the idea that Charles has invited every mutant to this island, whether they're good, bad, or indifferent. That is something that's only going to be able to be kept together with Charles in charge. You know, Charles in charge. That That's pretty good. But yeah, you end up with that. They need Charles back. And I had said before about the whole... Well, the stakes are down because of the resurrections, and we know that, well, that's not a given. We end up seeing that the big thing is Cerebro is offline. You end up having cradles that are throughout the island that end up having the next Cerebro. You end up having Gene and Beast go, and Beast is going to have to try to bring back or bring back online the next Cerebro, which then can be used to resurrect Charles. You'll have Charles, all that is well and good, but it's not going to be an easy task. And you do end up having Gene say to Beast, I know you're a scientician. Is that the word? You're, you're one of them rocket surgeons, but you may need some blind faith here. This may be beyond just science. This may be beyond, you know, your physics and mechanics you may need to have some faith to do this. And it's pretty good. And it does set up those stakes of the idea without Charles, this whole thing falls apart. He is the guy in charge. And to have Magneto say that, it makes it even more right in your face. Magneto isn't saying, hey, everybody, listen, we're going to try to bring Charles back. If we can't, don't worry. I'm going to be there. I'm going to lead this whole thing. No, he even knows that without Charles, this whole thing falls apart. And it's going to be, it's one of those, it's worse. If this happens, it's going to be worse than what we had before. We have tried to set this up, but boy, if it tumbles down, there's going to be a lot of crap hitting a lot of fans very quickly. So we need to do this. Now, in the meantime, you end up having Sage, Dr. Reyes, Black Tom, Healer. They're all around these assassins' bodies. They're trying to figure things out. You end up having Sage and Dr. Reyes almost act as if they're in awe of all the crazy things that these assassins have been fitted with. They have extra bones in their forearms that are a concealed weapon. They end up being able to have their ears that have a string in them that you can choke people out with, like crazy things. And it is that idea. This is the version. It's almost like the bionic man would be the version of the next evolution of humans. They're not mutants. They're not going to be mutants, but Let's evolve into something better, something bigger. And and I think that it also is kind of there in a subtle way of humans doing this. It's, it's only going to be to kill. Everything that they have had added onto them is a killing apparatus. They're not there to evolve into something better, just something deadlier. Wolverine is pissed. He ends up, one of the guys is alive. They They have to end up, you know... Being able to read his mind, they're going to have Jean Grey try to read his mind. Wolverine wants to kill him, but Healer won't let him. They they can't let him anyway. They need one person to be there so that they can figure out who these assassins are, things like that. In the meantime, Wolverine wants this guy to suffer. Healer says, I'm not in the bi- business of punishment. I only am heal- here to heal. 
But one of the big things about this and something that I talked about in that first issue is when you ended up having these assassins parachute into or at least free fall onto Krakoa, they were being recognized by Krakoa as Domino. I thought maybe they had Domino with them. I thought maybe at one point we saw that it wasn't the case. Like she wasn't there mind controlled or anything. And it doesn't seem like she was with them. They're trying to figure out, you know, why did the island, why did Krakoa recognize these guys? And that's why you ended up having Black Tom report. I think we're under attack. No, 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 it's fine. It's Domino. And it did give them that instant bit of time for these assassins to get there and kill Charles. Well, they see that they have grafted Domino skin into their skin, and it's pretty crazy. And this is driving Wolverine nuts, doesn't know if Domino is alive or dead, but he wants them to find out, and he's going to go find out what this is all about. He's going to go hunting, as he says. But Sage ends up saying, too, You know, after Wolverine says, let's go find Domino if she's dead, let's resurrect her and find out what the hell happened here. And you end up having Sage like, well, we have to kickstart the whole deal with Cerebro, get this going. So there is more to Xavier getting online, Cerebro, that really does affect the whole island, affects the resurrections, all these things going on. Wolverine goes off for a little hunting. He does go to Seoul where he's in South Korea trying to figure out, okay, this is where this has led me. I'm trying to figure out things. He's not very good with computers, and he's coming to pretty much a dead end as a guard shows up, and right as Wolverine is going to punch this guy out, the guy drops his coffee, but everything freezes, and then you get a pretty good introduction to Kid Omega, where you end up where Wolverine's like, I'd ask what the hell is going on, but I'd know that stink anywhere. Mix up some brownie spray, strawberry soda with a dash of locker room funk. And then Kid Omega says, and you got Kid Omega. And there he is. And Kid Omega shows up just talking trash the whole time and really is going a little bit too far about Homo Superior and how they're gods. And Wolverine a couple times has to tell him, you got to calm things down. You got it tells him at one point just to shut up says, I can't stand you talking, but the way you're talking and what you're doing at one point, he's making these guards that they kind of go across bow to them, bow to your gods, all these things going on that Wolverine is freaking him out a bit and says, I you know, you sound a lot like Magneto used to, you ain't sounding like Xavier and you better watch it because when he comes back, if he hears you say that he'll just punch you right in the face and it's it's very good. It, and really, Kid Omega with Wolverine, the team up that you never knew you needed, and they are pretty good together because Kid Omega does get things done. Uh, and Wolverine's there just to keep him in his place, talk trash and all that going on. We do get back to Krakoa where Beast is trying to bring back Cerebro, bring back Xavier. And it's not going that fast. And Jean Grey has to say, We're on a timetable here. you got to do this blind faith again, and you end up having Beast in in a kind of a cool progression of this of like, all right, blind faith. Yeah, I really don't know many prayers, but I know one starts saying a prayer, and I think that that's going to show you that he will be able to do this. Now, again, a lot of you may have read forward and know exactly what's going on, but I haven't, so we'll see. But yeah, you end up having Wolverine and Kid Omega 
go off to outside of Seoul where they end up having a printing factory that seems to be the base for these assassins. This is where it's led to them. It's pretty much a printing factory. And when they go in, they're printing people. They're printing up the assassins are made of people, people, because they end up having pretty much an assassin factory where they're putting together parts of people. They're making these assassins. They're trying to upgrade these things, as we had seen them say while they were going through the dead bodies on Krakoa. And it looks awful. I mean, there are tanks with a hand, then there's some eyeballs floating around. There's just a central nervous system and a brain on a table, things. And they said, yeah, they're they're making an assassin factory. Well, back on Krakoa, we are going to get to see Gene try to read the mind of this assassin who is still alive. She's trying to get in there, trying to see what's going on, and she has no idea what she finds. And it's a pretty cool page where it's just like a psychedelic deal with all these things coming out of her eyes and things and you end up having sage hey what did you see i don't know she has no idea what she's seen but back at that factory with kid omega and wolverine they are going through trying to figure out things and and you have kid omega he keeps talking this nonsense talking about how oh my i'd feel sorry for humans if they weren't so disgustingly pathetic This lab is like a chapel devoted to their insecurity. And you end up having Wolverine say, I'm pissed off about, you know, Charles getting, and he says, Chuck, Chuck getting killed too. But if he was here, he'd slap you upside your head for that kind of talk. I know what Magneto says, but we're not gods. And as he says this, they are attacked by one of these half made meat men that don't even have their skin on all the way and they are under attack by all these things that are in this factory whether or not they're completed or not and you end up as wolverine is saying we're not gods and they're not devils these monstrosities attack and then wolverine just goes ham he just says we're all just a bunch of complicated animals fighting for control of the same forest and he just starts slicing and dicing as Kid Omega realizes there's a dampener in this factory, you don't have no powers. And Kid Omega without powers is not such a trash-talking guy anymore. He's a bit whiny. He is yelling. And it is funny, too, because he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, my powers. They're not effing working. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And he's just looking at his hands yelling, psychic shotgun, psychic shotgun. As Wolverine is in the background, again, just slicing and dicing. He's like Sam the Butcher back there and alice she's on a vacation he is just slicing everyone and and yet kid omega we gotta get out of here i can't do anything i I, i'm powerless and wolverine says you still can bite you still can kick and you still can punch step up and be a man let's go and they start fighting but that's where wolverine even kind of says listen i'll slice dice you go look because if they have a dampener on this place it's not necessarily a dampener to stop your powers seems like they're trying to hide something that you know with that go find it because it's probably going to be domino he says find her and he is just you have wolverine just going to town and we end with a cliffhanger page with kid omega running into a room he found domino and she is in a tube she might be alive she does have a collar on her but she has been skinned they have taken the skin off her for those graphs she looks worse for wear. She looks terrible. So we'll have to see 
what exactly is going on there, but it's a pretty cool cliffhanger and another really good issue of X-Force. I'm really enjoying X-Force. I think it's because there isn't as many characters being thrown out there. You end up having Wolverine, who everybody knows. I I actually get a kick out of Kid Omega and have some history with him as well. So I like all that with also the biggest stakes of any of these books going on back in Krakoa, where you have Beast trying to bring the next uh, Cerebro back online. And that is pretty big. And I just, I love Wolverine in this. I, I think that this is a really well-written Wolverine, and it is. It it ends up being Ben Percy, who's also writing the Wolverine book. And I'm thinking maybe because of what he gave them as a little test deal or whatever, like, this guy really knows Wolverine. So it works out really well. And I do like Joshua Casera's art a lot. So I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. And again, I'm really enjoying X-Force. Now, Next episode, we're going to go back to my arch nemesis, Fallen Angels, and then also X-Men number three as we get to the next round of things. And I've said it before, once I am done doing my spotlight on the Born Again story in Daredevil, the Frank Miller story, I'll start doing two of the X-Men catch-ups a week so we could try to catch up when we get the new books. I think it's still going to take me a little time past that. But eventually we will catch up and we'll be able to talk about the books as they come out each and every week. But we're still waiting for print copies. But like I said earlier, we're going to have digital copies of some issues coming out. Ravencroft, Ant-Man coming out. We already had, actually, if you are a fan, the new Dr. Afra book came out digital only on Star Wars Day. So we're getting some books And that'll be more, and then we'll get the print stuff, and we'll get back to normal, and everybody can have their comics and new comics. We could talk about all the fun that we're having. So I hope that that is something that everybody's looking forward to. I am, and that's it. That's it for the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, I will give you the three things that I told you at the beginning. We are on Twitter at WSMarvelComics. We have a website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, and we have a Patreon. If you want to support us and get more of these podcasts, you can go to Patreon.com slash WeirdScience. Thanks, everybody, and I will be back with Brandon for the big show on Tuesday night.